everybody. I'm just going to get right into it today. It's Danielle Schneider. It's Bitch Sesh. You know who this is. We don't need to do, we don't need to, you know, stand on ceremony here. Like what? Play the who, games. Yeah, right. And and that voice, if you don't know that voice, who the fuck are you listening to? Because y'all are, you, uh, this guy is the, the one of the most popular podcasters around and such a funny treat, a joy. He's a good person too. And I, I'm not, and I'm a you I'm are, garbage. Danielle. No, you're good. You're a Danielle. you're a, a, a gentleman and a scholar, guys. It's Danny Pellegrino, everything iconics gentleman himself. He is my co-host, my friend, my my you know fellow traveler as we sift through the trash of the Real Housewives. How are you, Danny? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Of course, we miss and love Casey, but I, I want to just so say congratulations to her. I know she's. Um, I'm just sending her the best. We love her. We love her. She wanted me to tell you something. She did. Oh, please. She was like, she's like, Danny is into like pop culture the way that we're into pop culture, but like we don't talk about it on ours as much. You know, we're a little more, you know, like housewives focused. Yeah, housewives yeah. bravo focused. And you sort of have you seem to be able to handle two things at once. You can hold many truths. <laughs> <laughs> I dip out a little bit, you know. I like to yeah, dip out. Think- sometimes sometimes the listeners like that and sometimes they don't. And by the way, Danielle, I also want to ask you about a pop culture thing, which we'll save for after our housewives okay. talk. But I do need to ask you about one of your writing credits that I'm very excited to get into oh. later. So that's a tease. That's a okay. tease. Okay. Is it Beverly Hills Chihuahua? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it? it is. <laughs> Because I was watching it with my niece and I was like, oh my God, Danielle wrote this movie. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just need to know everything about we it. We can so. touch base. We can touch base. You know, we all got to do what we got to do at the end of the day. But um, so Casey wanted me to tell you that, oh, well, uh, uh, so Casey has been watching and I have watched this a million times also, but Ego sketch from Saturday Night Live this week about uh, the girl from Temecula with the steak eating. She was like, Danny will want to talk about this. I was it was like, so good. It's the funniest thing I've ever, ever seen in my life. It feels very spiritually the sequel to, do you remember back in the day, Lindsay Lohan in the Debbie Downer sketch of where course, they're all... Of course. It, there's such a joy to people losing it and laughing and you just want to, when you know they can't, it's the church giggles. It's like, you know, yes. they you're not supposed to laugh, but you keep laughing. It was, yeah, it was so good. If anyone hasn't seen that SNL sketch or the Debbie Downer one, immediately uh, go raise your endorphin level and watch it. I watched it so many times. So did Casey. She's like, I have a child in my hands. So I'm still like watching this. Weirdly enough, I started watching old SNL episodes on Peacock over the holidays. They had them separated ad, by like ad. the ho- <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's an ad. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ad for Peacock. <laughs> I know, Peacock, pay us for this. Yeah, but right, right? The, they had the episode. So I ended up going like through the holiday episodes and I got to one of Casey's years and I think she was doing uh, she was doing Jennifer Aniston on a yes. View sketch. Yes. And it just made me so happy. But yeah. She's yeah. so funny. I mean, uh, some old SNLs, but this one too really made me laugh. And it was so... Like, and she was so funny to it. And she kept her wits about her while everyone else was losing it and just cutting that steak and everything shaking. Like, (laughs) it really, it was such a, it was so joyful. Go back and watch it. I would also say, I'm going to drop something here, guys. I'm going to say something pretty big. I don't want to. I'm on the edge of my seat, Danielle. Tell me, tell me. I went to college with Pedro Pascal. No big (gasps) deal. 
No what, Danielle? Wait a minute. What did he look like in college? He's gorgeous. so handsome. Go- he was gorgeous then. Again, yeah. he probably has no memory of me. It was NYU theater. We were all just like, you know, like, and we were in a different studio. Anyone who goes to NYU knows there's different like little studios. So we didn't hang or anything like that. But like, you know, around friends in common, blah, blah, blah. Always remembered him. Always very handsome, a very good actor. I remember him like popping up on Game of Thrones and being like, that's Pedro. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Like, some of us are doing great. Are you watching his show? Of course I am. Are you watching? So, yeah, it's so good. The, that third episode, which I know everyone's talked about. That third episode, I mean, I'm still not over. No. I am still crying. My husband and I are still listening to that Linda Ronston song. Like, I am like... Uh, it was it such was a beautiful the, piece, like a, a standalone. If, if no, one, no one's watched the whole season, just tune into episode three of that show. That one turn that I didn't see coming, like... after. I'm just going to start crying again. I mean, it was beautiful. And (laughs) it was so unexpected. I even had so many people were talking about it. And so that I I hadn't been watching it. And so I was like, maybe I'll just try it. And then, uh, so I even had such high expectations because everyone was talking about it. Me too, me too. It still blew me away. Oh, it still blew me away. Wonderful performances. And, you know, like I used to watch Walking Dead. God bless Walking Dead. And I always say I'm not a zombie person, but I've watched like everything zombie. So I guess I am. I'm like, I've watched 28 Days Later. I've watched, like, I'm a, I'm a zombie person, just like I can't admit it. Anyway, but where Walking Dead, like, after, again, it's 50 seasons long. So I stopped watching it after like three or four. But it would always take a dark turn for me. Like, if you think someone's fucking you over or or like a bad a baddie, they usually are. You know what I mean? And I would say that... I don't know. It just, I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it, but it really subverted like my, my walking dead instincts, which I was glad to like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously when the zombies come, things are going to be dark, but like, I don't know. I found some light in it and that was really. Yeah. uh, It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And the show is very dark and I don't normally like that stuff. I mean, I do say that as well. (laughs) I say it too. Here we are about to talk about Housewives, which is I probably know, the darkest show uh, darker than any zombie post-apocalyptic show you could ever watch. I mean, we are in the apocalypse. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest about where we are. Speaking of apocalypse, I'm also in the middle of a Kate plus eight binge. Oh, I've been watching feel- your Kate plus eight binge on on Insta. It is shocking. Like I never watched it. I, I had seen like a couple episodes back when it aired, but I'm watching it now and mm-hmm. we don't have to get into it because it's 20 years old or whatever. And it's also know. so dark. It's, it's so the darkest of the like, dark. I'm so shocked by it. Like the the transition from John and Kate plus eight to Kate plus eight. And then Aww. she does Dancing with the Stars and it becomes fame-ish. Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy. I associate that show with also kind of like a tough period in my life. Like, like it, it's, it's like... When I did, like, I can just feel how I felt watching that show, like them watching that show, the the destruction of their lot, like it is. It's so wild. And the idea that the paparazzi were like in, is it Pittsburgh or wherever, where they were like, I don't don't think that's even Pittsburgh. I think it's like (laughs) outside of Pittsburgh. It's on the edges of. I I am obsessed, but it's, uh, speaking of dark though, I mean, that's darker than anything in The Last of Us or Walking Dead or whatever. Yeah, oh, for sure. But it is, I don't know, I encourage people to to watch. There's just some great performances and my very, very good friend, Pedro Pascal. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about Kate plus eight. I no, thought you were going to... Well, that's dark too, but... My very not, good I friend, mean, Kate Gosselin. My very good friend. Oh, no, I'm too terrified of her. Both of those human beings are Wait, terrible. We're going to get into Housewives, but just because yes. we're on the reality TV Please. thing, like, what uh-huh. was your... Do you remember, aside from Housewives, like, was there a reality show? Like, were you real world person back in the day? Or, mm-hmm. or like, what was mm-hmm. your first kind of experience? I would say real world definitely like hook me, like hooked me. Like I was watching MTV, you know, that we all were back then. And so real world definitely survivor. Um, like teen mom was like a big mm. thing for me. Um, God, I watched so much. I'm trying to think of like what like whatever was on. Like I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, like a lot of tea. Oh, a Back in the day, back in the day, I'm talking like before TLC really turned to garbage. They used to have this thing called like a baby story. Am I making this up again? Like last week I talked about units and multiples and I was like, that was a fever dream. Like I didn't know if I imagined (laughs) that or not. Do you? (laughs) Anyway, it was these like clothing you could mix and match. Anyway, our (laughs) listeners told me I did not make that up. It was real. (laughs) So this is another thing that, again, was it a fever dream? Possibly. But it was just like watching like a like a woman's life after she like had a baby, like she was pregnant and she had a baby. And but like and I didn't know it was reality TV at the time. But, you know, like I just Mm -hmm. liked Mm -hmm. watching people live and the the daily dramas of their lives. And like, you know, when right when you've had a a child, like you are not the best version of yourself. Like you're just, it's so hard. And I didn't think it made it look like, oh, we're just in heaven. Like they would, you know, they sort of showed some, like, and I guess I liked that. It was a precursor to Housewives for sure. So what about you? What was your sort of like... Well, that whole era was so fascinating to me, like 2007-ish when it was all about moms and multiples and didn't know I was pregnant and teen moms. It's like, yeah. what? And tan mom, like, what the, what the fuck mom, was going yes. on? Yes. What the tan fuck was going mom. on? Remember tan mom? Yeah, yeah. Like, so that was all sort of like the precursor. Like, I just, yeah, I, I always love this. I it can't help myself. Me like, too. I, you know, love doesn't know bounds. It doesn't, right. doesn't, love picks you. You don't pick love, you know? And it's so fascinating how these shows sort of attract us in the early days. And then, like, we've, like what's that moths to a flame or whatever. Yes, I feel like yes. once I started seeing the real world or, or those shows when I was younger, even I remember like the MTV days when they would do like the spring break coverage and stuff yes. that almost felt sort of re- like a little reality TV to me. Yes. Or like, remember they would do like a true life. I'm getting married. And they had like that, those, that Jersey couple that was like bananas, like things like that were like precursors to me. Like of, they had a true life. Uh, I want calf implants or I got calf yes, implants. Like of course. I, I, I lay down at night, Danielle, and I like remember them getting calf implants. And I'm me like, too. why is that still in my head? But I, I don't know how to like. Uh, do you remember like, I want a famous face? Yes, like true life, that. like I want, like those things. <laughs> and that MTV show Becoming, where it was yes, like they they yes. recreate a music video. Um, my boyfriend and I were watching the Whitney Houston movie last night. Casey, uh, that's another thing. Casey loved it. She was like, "Why isn't it up for every fucking yeah. Oscar?" She's so upset. She's like, "This is the best movie." Naomi, who played Whitney, was so good, and the music was so great. Um, but there were certain scenes that felt like we felt like it was Becoming on MTV, like some of the. Uh-huh. recreations of the performances because obviously it was shot COVID times, I think. Yeah, and so they, yeah, yeah. they couldn't have like huge sprawling crowds. And uh, 
So, it, but I, that's what I was thinking of was that show on MTV where they would recreate a music of video. Or, I remember yeah, every so minute of that show. <laughs> I'm like, also, I want to know where I found the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where was, where was that? Like, I've always been a busy person. Like, I was in school. And when I was in school, I was also working. Like, I've always had jobs. Like, I was never. Like, I can't speak for you, time? but I found time because I wasn't having sex. So I was, oh, I was not plenty having of time. Sex. Yeah. Yes, so that, there's our okay. answer. There we, there, I didn't account. That was not accounted <laughs> for. And thank you for putting that accounting in there because I, yeah. other people were having sexual intercourse. I was right. late to that game. So I had Me a too. lot of time to watch garbage and not mm. feel left out. And you mentioned Jersey and whatever. So yes. we're going to get into Let's the premiere. And, Let's get in. And doesn't um, the new woman feels very like a, to me, like a Jersey-licious, which I think yes, Dolores Jersey called her Jersey-licious. Jersey-licious, I remember. In that vein. We're going to take a little break and be back. And we're back. Now, let's talk about these new women First we off. needed we needed new women. We, I, think, I am so happy for the mm-hmm. the blonde. Is that Danielle again? I'm again mixing them up. I'm mix is the b- new blonde. I'm Unclear. liking her. Her energy. I'm I'm interested in. I'm liking her vibe. I like how in love with her husband she is because the way that she talks about him is a way that I've never never heard someone talk about another man. Like I am, especially someone so real regular looking, if you ask me. (laughs) She's like, he is the most gorgeous man I've ever seen in my entire life. Like she's like like, really laying it on thick. Yeah, thick, thick. Um, (laughs) She's like, he came up to me in the club and he said, I will take care of you for the rest of your life. And I just thought he was the most gorgeous man ever. And we fell in love. And then they had the daughter and yeah, he, their relationship is wild. I also find him sort of attractive, I think. I'm not really? quite sure. He's not quite, yeah. not, you know who I'm finding attractive and I didn't think I was. And then seeing him in that little bartender outfit. <laughs> the Irish like, outfit? Delora, yeah. <laughs> Something. Them <laughs> dressing him up as a full-on leprechaun. <laughs> Something. Those, those, that whole entire fucking calendar shoot was so fucking crazy. I mean, we had Joe Gorga like holding hot dogs and they were like tiny hot dog, tiny hot. Like if you are going to make an analogy that this guy's got like big dick energy, give him some big dick dogs because these little Oscar Mayer wieners were not cutting and I love that he drew the line. Like Margaret was like, "Oh, Joe, you're going to put on underwear underneath your, underneath the um, um, apron." Yeah. And he's like, "They drew the line at that." But it was like he was still fine, like holding the hot dogs, oiling up his chest. Like everyone was so. Oiled. I think he had. Did he have a little hat on? I feel yes, like he had a I little hat. He had on. Like a chef hat or something going on. <laughs> like it was, it was a wild shoot. And then to see. Again, there's so many Joes, but I want to say Joe Bonino. (laughs) On the motorcycle. Looking like fucking Sam Elliott in the mask (laughs) promo when he did that movie with Cher. Yes, of course. (laughs) You know, that Rachel woman's husband, she's the dark haired one, right? I think the dark haired one. It's a cavalcade of nose jobs, as Casey said when I was watching it with her. A cavalcade of nose jobs. Danielle, did you see this? I'm sorry to shock listeners, but she was born in the 90s, which is just so hard for me to hear. That is a tough, 
that's a like t- 91. Nine, she was born in 91. She's younger than the Vanderpump Rules cast. I looked up the ages of the Summer House cast because I was just in such a shock. In a tizzy. Uh, in a tizzy, like I like spiraling, you know, spiraling yeah. at home and just looking up like how old is Danielle from Summer House or how old is Lindsay Hubbard? And like yeah. she's younger <laughs> these are than the, most these are the people. questions. These well, and I don't want my housewives born in the 90s. Can I Me say either. that? Right. I don't want my housewife's born in the 90s. Put her, put her on Teen Mom. I right. don't want this for myself and for my women. You can't have Dolores and Teen Mom over here. We can't. You know what? For Jersey specifically, I want women who I consider to be broads. And I mean that yes. in the most like complimentary of sense. I, of I you know. hear you. And, and I just don't think you can be abroad, you know, in the in the way that I'm thinking. I hope that's not an offensive term, but it's like I, that's the I, kind of vibe. I, that's a compliment. Like to me, I hope I'm abroad. Like I want I want to be abroad. I want broads on my television. Like that's who I want. And like I will say with so much plastic surgery and so many nose jobs, chins jobs, everything we got going, I honestly don't know how old anybody is. Like, it's it's just, you know what I mean? Like, but their energy, it's the energy yeah. that I'm feeling. And you can still be 28 years old and have broad energy. I'm just like, mm-hmm, but again, mm-hmm. not really. Like, I like these shows because they are gals that have lived hard, you yeah. know, rode hard and put away wet, as Casey right. says. You know what I mean? Like, I like them with some life in them. I'm so stupid. I like didn't even... Notice plastic surgery on her. Really? (laughs) I mean, Casey was just like, and I, that's why she said it's a cav, these new ladies are a cavalcade of nose jobs. (laughs) I think I'm just so focused on the men. And what I do want to go back to with Rachel is just Mm -hmm. the husband because um, his specifically for the fireman photo shoot, he was like ripping off the arms of the thing. And she was also kind of saying like, oh my God, look how hot he was. And she was telling in her confession, like he's, he was a model. And then the producer, producers asked like, oh, was he a successful model? And she just goes, yeah, he was on Law and & Order. And we got a superstar in our mix. And I was thinking like that leap from like, yeah, he was a, a model to like, yeah, he appeared on Law & Order. Of course he was successful. <laughs> well, what I want to say as someone who's probably watched every episode of Law & Order, <laughs> like it's not a model show. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I say this. <laughs> With as a person who would love to be, who would have died to get cast on Law and Order, who never got cast on Law and Order, lovingly I would say like they pride themselves on like this is New York, we cast real New Yorkers, <laughs> like this is like what we got, you know what I mean? So again, like we got what we got. <laughs> we need to figure out what he played on Law and Order. That's all I was. I, I should have looked that a up. A dead body for sure. Yeah, uh, the yeah, minute for sure. he said that, I was like. Or he's the guy, which is my dream part, like who's so annoyed that the cops have come to his bar to ask him like about the murder down the street where they're like, uh, did you uh, see a murder? The guy got killed like right outside your bar. And he's like, oh, I'm making I'm making burgers here, dude. I don't got time to talk about murder. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this accent work you're doing. Sorry. Right <laughs> It's a lot of accent. I, love it. I, love I mean, it. are you shocked? I think make it on Law and Order. Like, are we? No, but like, they need to cast you right now. Like, just right? put you with that accent. Dick I Wolf, I'm it. here. I'm yeah. here, Dick Wolf. Like, what? What are we doing? 
Um, you sound like Frank Sr. to me. Like, that's what I'm hearing. Is I'm getting, like, a Frank lot of Frank Sr. Sr. Can we yeah. talk about Frank Sr.'s girlfriend? Have we met Frank Sr.'s girlfriend before? Is this a new I don't life? think so. I don't think right. we have. She's a young gal. Dolores said she's younger than her dogs or some of her dogs. She's <laughs> I believe that. Surprisingly young. That, that one scene, I know we're kind of bopping around we're, a little bit. We but, are bopping around a little bit, but so much, like nothing, you yeah. know, it's a first episode, so it's not about storyline. It's just about like yeah. us settling in. So I'm okay to bop around. And since we are bopping around, I want to spend at least 45 minutes on this. <laughs> so Frank was in the, it was revealed at the bowling party that Frank had to go to the hospital because his yep. bowels didn't work for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what I want to focus on that, and maybe I heard it wrong, and mm-hmm. listeners can, can can tell me if I misheard it, but I thought 12 hours isn't that long to not have a poop, but then I was I'm- like, <laughs> Frank Sr., maybe it is a long time. You know, I have gone days without pooping, <laughs> so as a person that is always very aware of her schedules. Like 12 hours, that's just like, that's just like you, you ate too much cheese that day. Like that's right. not a, a big deal, but for a man of his size gotcha. and just like musclage, like just girth. You know what I mean? Like, like if yeah. he doesn't poop, does he explode? Like, he's, like he's 90% protein shake. Like he's <laughs> like, if you're having that much straight protein shake, you better be pooping every hour on the hour. Like it's gotta be like coursing through your system, like solid, and sure. when he poops, like guys, and sorry to get into the scatter. I know people get mad at me whenever I mention but you know what? poop. I know it I is. Know. It's a life. Dolores brought it up. We're not even. We're, we're not, just we're repeating. Just, yes, ending Dolores. We guys, we got to deal with what's on our screens. Like that's our right. job as right. as news people, professionals, <laughs> professionals. Is that like when <laughs> when Frank Senior <laughs> takes a dump? <laughs> <laughs> Get, I get out of the room. <laughs> I am Get out of the house. Everyone has to clear the house. Clear the neighborhood. Because it's, he is like, <laughs> I'm crying. Screaming. 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 Violent. It sounds like a murder is happening. Like a murder scene. Like just, <laughs> everyone clear, clear, clear the zone. Put caution tape. <laughs> Gosh. It's like coming. There's cones. There's like, get out of town. Yes. Like Brit- Brittany is out of town that week. Yeah, there's a police presence. The dogs know it's happening. Like, you know, the dogs can sense like an earthquake or like a, mm-hmm. a, a hurricane mm-hmm. coming. Like the dog sense it first. Then yeah. Frank, then Dolores has to really move. So anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of subtext in the way Dolores said it. Like he hasn't ha- had a bowel movement for 12 hours. It was like. There was, I just felt like there was a lot of subtext. There's so a story. Can, yeah. There's a story there. There's a There's story. story. Now, what do we, I have turned, turned on Melissa and Joe Gorga. Yeah. I have completely turned 180 on how I feel about them. I wow. have decided that they are bad people. Wow. I have decided they have been gaslit. I'm not saying Teresa is not. Sure. I, like Teresa is Teresa. That's how, like at some age, we all have to just say like this person is this person. I'm only can go this mm-hmm. far with them. I can only do this with them. I can't have like. I feel like there are people in your life you just know like especially with your family like. So Teresa can only go so far, but 
I think that they are gaslighting her sometimes. I think they are gaslit us. I think they have made us believe that she is the bad guy and she is like, I think it's them. And guess what, Danielle? I think that the show survives without Melissa and Joe, but I don't know that it survives without Teresa, at least in its current form. I, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thrilled that they're finally getting rid of this facade of them getting along. Like that was always the most frustrating thing for Jersey of of the past few seasons of like this Melissa and Teresa trying to pretend when they clearly so hated each other. And so now that they're finally just being honest and open about it, I like, but I don't know we're in season 13 and I just don't know that I'm, it's all played out in the press and the blogs. And I don't even know that I'm interested anymore in this feud. And, and I, it does feel like it's being driven. I don't know. We're going to see as the season goes on, but it feels to me, at least it's being driven by Melissa. Yes. Maybe I'm wrong. I no, you're not. I am seeing it. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. The rain has gone. (laughs) I think they think it's their story and I don't care about this story anymore. They don't get along. Fine. I don't want to drive story. I don't care about picking sides. Like, I don't care if Teresa's wrong or they're like, I don't care. Like, you want to ruin your family with this shit? Ruin your family. But I don't care. Like, I don't need, that's not interesting to me anymore. Yeah, because what are we going to do? We've we've hit the highs of the the baptism or what was that? Yes, when when yes. Melissa and Joe first joined the show. Yes. And we've seen these huge fights when they when um, Joe Gorga's hairspray was yes, like getting all over everybody. All <laughs> over everybody. That was a, that was a high. That was a high. <laughs> We've had the highs. <laughs> We've seen the highs. And so we can't hit those. In an empty hotel ballroom in like Northern Jersey on a snow. Like it was like uh, the shining that trip. But it was. But can I, I'm just. And so that. And Melissa is a shit stir. And so is Marge. When Marge went to Melissa and she's like, because I thought Teresa did something big this week. Which was like, she apologized. I mean, when have we seen Teresa truly apologize to any, like this felt like growth to me. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it was the mother-in-law's impact, right? Didn't she say Louis's mom is a therapist yes. or something? And, and is, is Louis? Yeah. <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> Unclear about Louis. You know, I have questions there, but we don't have to get into that. But yeah, I think Teresa, that was the most growth I think we've seen from Teresa of, of her sitting down with Margaret. Like, I, I don't, because normally Teresa, I think, is stubborn in a way that sometimes makes for really good reality TV, yes. but also sometimes can stop storylines or stop relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen that in the past. We were just talking about um, uh, her family, and it's like with Rosie and Kathy, where Teresa just decided, no, I'm done. They There was no path forward. And mm-hmm. even though Kathy and Rosie wanted to make up with her, and even though production probably wanted them to move forward, We've seen that Teresa just was simply not interested in moving forward. So we've seen her put a stop to things. And with Margaret, she had decided, like, Louis had explained that maybe she was in the wrong or that maybe <laughs> Louis she... Ex- Louis explained that I was wrong. <laughs> that Louis had to, like, decipher what was happening. Like, he's the translator for her, which I I respect. And I don't even know that I really understood the fight with Margaret and Teresa, but I'm glad they're moving forward and... Uh, I think the show has always presented these two sides. And the thing that's most interesting to me about 
going into this season, I'm hopeful for it, is that it no longer feels like we just have these two sides of Margaret, Jackie, and Melissa, and then Dolores, Jennifer, and Teresa, because that was just getting, I like the layers I, I want. And so now we have Dolores and Jen feuding and Margaret and Teresa seemingly made up and and Melissa and Teresa are on, at odds. So I, I feel like we kind of have this interesting dynamic playing out that I'm hopeful about because it was just getting too stale. And and also I didn't believe it because I think we've we've seen sort of off the show that Margaret and Dolores are really close. And mm-hmm. you know, I even, they were on my show. They were like booked together on my show last season. Uh-huh. And they don't do that if the people aren't getting along. And you yeah. see them doing a lot of press together and stuff. But then on the show, they would never they weren't seemingly as close as they were off screen. And so I, I, it always felt false to me, those two sides. So I'm happy that now we're, we're letting these, these relationships play out in a more interesting dynamic. And, and they're trusting the audience to be able to say like, okay, Dolores and Jen may be aren't friends, but Dolores and Teresa can still be friends. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I like when, when it's mix and match. That was always my problem with Beverly Hills is that like, it felt like the sides were like so drawn and like never going to come apart. And I just couldn't handle that. But New Jersey is mixing and matching. And what I also like about Dolores and Jen feuding, I'm liking this feud, I have to Mm -hmm. say, because I, I love Dolores, but I also, Jen as a human being is not my favorite, but I love her on my TV. Mm -hmm. Like she is willing to burn it the fuck down for anything. She will say, like what she said to Dolores last night, like the last line of the entire show when she said, Dolores, you look like basically an old handbag. I was to say that to another human being who used to be a good friend of yours. Like, yeah. Could, yeah. can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? I mean, I... Dolores sometimes gets heat for being a little boring. And I think there are times where Dolores is maybe not offered a ton for the show, but I, I think she's one of those presents that's needed um, to kind of balance things out a little bit. Uh, but I always... Someone like Cynthia Bailey who balances out a cast, right? They're maybe not the most dynamic or feuding with people too much. But uh, with Dolores, I always feel like there's something behind that that character that you don't want to piss off. So yes. even though Dolores is a stable present, I still would not want to fight with her because no. I feel like you can maybe walk all walk over her a little bit, but when she fucking snaps, she will snap. Yeah. And so I just wouldn't want to... F- I wouldn't want to screw with Dolores. Like Jen, you kind of know what you're getting and she will throw those insults out and fight with you or whatever. But Dolores, I would just be scared because you don't know when that point's going to be or when you push the button too hard. But I would just want to get out of Dodge yeah. before that happens. Well, Dolores has a gravitas. You know what I mean? Like she's a person, a deep well of a person. Like there, so like, She's like, if you can be, and where Jen is kind of like a little gnat flying around. So like as mean as she is, like she's more annoying than she is. Like she can't hurt me. Even if she said the most hurtful thing, it would hurt my feelings. But I'd be like, she's such a fucking piece of shit. Like who cares? But Dolores, like if she comes for you, like you deserve it. It's like how I, you know what I mean? Like, what did I do? Because I think we we have a trust with Dolores. I think we know that she is... I think deep down in her her soul, she's a good human being. Yeah, I don't worry about it so much. Of like, is she a, a monster? No. Wait, what do you what did you think of this whole thing? With was it um the new blonde woman? 
was was that yes. Danielle, right? Or, yes. Yeah. And I, it also said like her stepmom was married to Caroline's. That's what I was just going to bring up. Like she has a connection to Caroline Manzo. And I've been noticing, I have said this on my show that I think they're setting up a Caroline return. And I even had Teresa on my show recently. And I said, it feels like they're setting up the return. And she kind of pushed back and said, no. Like she has no connection to these people. But then I'm watching the premiere and I'm like, well, obviously she's got a connection and they brought up the connection on the show. Caroline's going to be on the next girl's. Like, I I think that's what they're kind of setting up. Uh, Do you think Teresa would want, would, what's, I don't think Teresa would have that. Like, I mean, I'm not saying she's going to give an ultimatum and not that she has that power, but like, I I think her and Caroline are at such odds. Like that's like a, like a, that's a, a, a block. Like, I, I don't yeah. know that we could film with those two. I don't know. The only thing I think is that uh, Teresa has so much more of a block with Melissa that Teresa, I think, would be more focused on ousting Melissa than ousting Caroline. Yes, I get that. I don't well, know. I just can't. And I, there's another thing I wanted to talk about, which is the Louis of it all. Like, look. Mm. Have there been some things that have come out in the press? Yes, they're not great. But I'm just going to put those on the side for right now, okay? What I'm going to say is, Louis is great for Teresa. Like, the bar is low. We just had Joe Giudice or Judice. It's been said many ways, so I'm just going to, like, put them all on the table. He was the worst. He literally got his wife in jail. And I believe that. I believe it is his fault completely. And I don't think it's like, he he did that. Um, she signed the docs, but she had no idea. Miss, uh, what do you call uh, raw? Uh, raw as a cucumber? <laughs> no idea. Raw as a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> I also will never forget. I mean, I have chills just thinking about it, that scene when they were in Italy and the things that he was saying on the phone about oh. her to a potential... I forget, obviously, these things come and go out of our heads, yes. but it was like, was it a mistress or something that yes. he was on the phone? Yes, it was. It was just, to me, one of the worst husband things we've ever seen on the show. And, and he's like, my bitch of a wife, or I think yeah. he even said, you know, see you next Tuesday of a wife. I was going to ask, what is your favorite hot mic moment? Because now I'm thinking of that as a hot mic moment, and I'm thinking, well, what if I had to like rank on all the franchises? Because there's I been think... so many of them. Because it was so funny, and not because it was true, but because it was funny, Leanne Locken being saying, like, he gets his dick sucked up at the, the round. Roundup. He gets his dick sucked at the roundup. I know the the guy who did it, or whatever. <laughs> these <laughs> these hands are not knives. Yes. Like she said something. They're like, still hands, but they're, they're still, still hands. hands. <laughs> like, didn't make sense. <laughs> no sense, but like... Like hopped I think up on was, pain meds. Yeah, it's like just like the the sort of like 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 fancy don't <laughs> fancy don't fancy let, don't me, let down. me down. <laughs> oh, like Reba McIntyre of it. They're was not so, knives. They're hands. They're hands. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your favorite? <laughs> so fucking crazy. Um, I think you know that one was really probably the top one. Although the Lisa Barlow like garbage horror thing, like still it was so long, like it yeah. was such a long monologue of like she fucks half of New York. She, you know, it, it was just so so beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was, you know, that will be done in 
<clears throat> drama schools, you know, right. to get into the Juilliards, the Yales, the NYUs. And those we look back future. at Shakespeare's Hamlet and some of those monologues or, you know, mm-hmm. there are people now in Juilliard are going to be memorizing Lisa Barlow's yeah. Hamlet moment. For yeah. Sure. And I feel like those, you know, those, the, the that's history being made right there. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm just proud to have I mean, not really been a part of it, but to watch it happen, <laughs> to, to see history made. The producers have to go through the footage or the audio footage to be like, did we miss anything? Or or how do they get sort of the insight? I suppose people tell them like, there was a good monologue behind the door. We should, we should listen to the audio. Yeah. Well, like, you know how like when there's um, a moment, like, like, <clears throat> like when I'm not to brag, but on set, <laughs> and I'm producing an episode of, again, not to brag, television. Like TV. when you see a good take, like when I'm like, oh, that's a good take. Like I'll t- turn to, you know, the script supervisor and be like, mark that one. You know what I mean? Like that looks good to me just because there's so many takes, so many angles. Like you just like, so I bet that there is, a, you know, a producer there just being like, mark that, mark that. Mark oh, that. we got to get that. Like, because you always have it in your ear. So you're just constantly being like, mark that, mark that. Like you, you, I just feel like that's what's wow. going on. Again, a little behind the scenes of television, guys. And it must be such a rush for whoever is discovering that or whoever is the one who first hears that, you know, and has the has the earpiece in and hears Lisa Barlow and they're like, mark that. Like the person who is the one who's saying, mark yes, that one. Like that must be such a rush of adrenaline of like, oh my God, you will not believe what we just got. Like Lisa Barlow called her co-star a garbage whore, fucked half in New York. I mean, well, did you ever see the movie Broadcast News, which is one of yes. my favorite movies of all time? Like, it's a, an oldie but a goodie. It's an 80s movie. But Joan Cusack has this moment when, you know, when she's like running to like give the scoop of like, and like she's like mm. literally like running through the office and like someone like pulls out like a file and she has to like, ugh, like she gets it like, like, like it's. <laughs> A perfect performance. But her running to like the producers to like get them that like that's what I picture. Right. Just <laughs> like, like a, we got it. <laughs> like get Andy on the line. Like yes, just running. Exactly. And just you know those through. I always think of that one producer on Beverly Hills House. I used to remember when Denise Richards was on and this guy, the producer comes in a frame and he's like yelling at you. He's like, Denise! You know, he's like <laughs> losing it at Denise Richards. <laughs> And so like, I always, I think of like that as the energy of the producers. And so, yeah, I just imagine that man um, just running like, Andy, <laughs> yes. losing it. <laughs> Andy, we got Lisa Barlow. You know, like. Just... Is, is it Doug? Is it Doug from Beverly Hills going like, Doug, Kyle's a wreck. <laughs> is it Doug? I'd like to know if Doug. it's Doug at that moment being like, we got it. Yes. <laughs> or it. Eric from Potomac. Remember Candace was like, oh, I need Eric. Eric. Get me Eric. I want to know Doug. I want to know Eric. I want to see, excuse me, all these gentlemen and women that are heroes and doing heroes. The like Just doing, doing the work. Doing the great work. But I'm excited for this season of New Jersey. Like, I think it's like, we have a lot of potential in these new gals. I, again, I think Teresa, like... I, I'm sad for Joe, for Joe and Melissa that they have to make this their storyline and that they feel the need to like not go to her wedding and stuff. Like that shit to me is like, I fuck know. you it's, guys. And yeah. and I don't think you should be, I don't think Melissa should be in in her wedding because they're yeah, not they getting don't get along. along. Yeah. And like, just go to wedding, the wedding though. Yeah, just go to the yeah. fucking wedding. Go to the yeah. wedding. Be a, a Be a family member. And even if you're mad, Go to the goddamn wedding. 
Like, you're going to regret it. Melissa and Joe have also done so many bullshit storylines over the year with, like, yes. the fake sister and, like, all oh, that Oh, I forgot stuff. about the fake sister. And, like, do I want to have another kid? And, like, Ugh. it's so... Remember <sighs> when Ramona thought she was pregnant? <laughs> I'll never forget that. On the boat. I'll never Me forget that. Let's take a little break. We're back. Danielle, wait, can we, can we dip into the... Roni legacy of it all of because now okay. just because yes. I don't know if listeners know this but apparently the Roni legacy which was announced a, a while back Andy two years said, ago two years yeah, ago two years ago which I don't think they should be announcing shows unless they have maybe the bare minimum lockdown yeah apparently apparently now uh, it's not happening they couldn't work out these contracts and it was blamed on Jill Zarin I, bl- but I, I blame Jill Zarin <laughs> from what I understand. It was not Jill Zarin. Who, what, what do you understand? That's all I, I've heard is that it's Jill Zarin. I had heard that it was Luann, but I also think that like... Um, I believe it's... I believe yeah. it's... <laughs> and also it just makes sense too because Luann was like posing in page six with a page six. Did you see that oh, photo yes, of her? yes, where she was like... <laughs> and it was like, Luann looks downcast about like the... <laughs> Of course and then it said, like, it's all Jill's fault. And I was like, Luann, like, you're, obviously she was the one who called page six and said, let's do a spread. Yes. Um, <laughs> and also I just, you. I just don't think that they would halt production for Jill. Like, I, I think possibly Jill was like, no, I want more money or something. But I, I don't think they would have been like, well, the show's canceled. We don't have Zarin. Like, I yeah. just don't imagine we've that been, happening. We've gone on without Zarin. The show goes on without <laughs> We would be fine. Like, did, fine. I think production, if they were, if Jill was like, I need more money or I want this or that, I think production would be like, that's fine. Like, go, we'll get God some, bless. we'll get yeah. Jules Weinstein. We'll call up somebody else. <laughs> we'll Cindy B- Barshop, Bishop <gasps> Barshop. Wow, Barshop, you're really bringing out the old guns. You really dug deep. What about the one who ran for mayor, Barb? <laughs> Barb the Builder. Let's get Barb the Builder on the on the horn. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll, it, we'll be fine without, but I, I think with Luann that they couldn't do that. But yeah. I'm just so devastated that it's not happening now. I feel like we were bamboozled because we all got excited about this. I'm not super confident about the Roni reboot of with the new people, but I hope I'm proved wrong. And Me I, too. I don't I'm interested be right. in the Roni re- reboot. I mean, there's some, I, I, I'm seeing some, not footage, but pictures coming out of mm. those ladies. And I'm, and I'm excited for the Roni reboot. Yeah. I'd just like to see, but are we seeing, and, and not that I need it, Though I'm sure there are some funny moments, but I worry that they're going to play it up too much for the camera. Is that Lou, Sonia, um, mm. is that happening? Is yeah, it's like going to be a half an hour show. I worry yeah. about that. I, I worry about that show a little bit. I don't bit. want them, any of them playing funny. Like no. I want them to just be funny. Just be who that you are. I want you to be who you are because I worry that without the other women, those two, because Sonia is truly funny. Mm-hmm. Like Sonia is a funny person. Luann is not. She's not. And I, God bless her. I love her. But like, she's not like a, you know, she's not I Love Lucy here. Yeah. Like I I think, and we haven't seen the show. I think there was a trailer that premiered at BravoCon or something of that spinoff show. But in my mind, I think the best thing would be to just sort of take Luann and put her somewhere crazy, but like make her think she's filming a drama. Like I don't, (laughs) the idea of Luann thinking she's filming a comedy is troubling to me. Like I want, let's throw Luann in Alaska or a a ship or I don't know, anywhere. Yeah. But like, I want her to think she's filming a a docu-series or a drama or something, not a half an hour sitcom, because I just feel like we're going to get a lot of 
playing with the camera. I don't want that. Sonia will be funny. Sonia's funny, but she needs to react against like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just have concerns. But but we also need like, I don't know. This may be not a popular opinion, but like I need Dorinda yelling at people. Like I just, I I like Dorinda yelling at people and that's not popular. I get that. She crosses a line at times. She does. I mean, like I said, like on Ultimate Girls Trip, the last one, like- Loved it. Love. So So good. good. The best TV of the year. Like the fact that it's not Emmys, Oscars, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, I'm disgusted. Like it was, it gave me such joy. Like I, like the joy it brought me last Mm -hmm. year was, was, I I thank Bravo for that. But, you know, I just, I, I think Dorinda, like, you know, we needed her then. And she even made Brandy look accessible. You know what I mean? Like Dorinda was so bananas that you were like, you know, Brandy's a breath of fresh. Like even, and Brandy was like wasted. And like, obviously we know what has happened on Ultimate Girls Trip and that she was, you know, abusive. No good. No good. Um, uh, And possibly like assaulted Caroline, like not okay. But, but she, but Dorinda was so unhinged that it made Brandy so like, (laughs) Isn't it so funny to just look back on the the way that they cast that show? Like, how fucked up was that? Like, lightning in a bottle, lightning in a bottle. (laughs) But they knew who these women were for Ultimate Girls Trip season two. And I know this aired a long time ago, but it's like, it is crazy to me that they just were like, yeah, throw Vicky in there, throw Dorinda in there. Like, it's a science, it's a constant science experiment all the time to see what explodes. Like, just throw, okay. Here's some TNT. Yeah. We're going to throw you in one house. Like you're, (laughs) we're not sending you on a vacation. Like we're sending you to Dorinda's house. Yes. And you're just going to be locked up there. She's a control freak um, (sighs) who always feels put upon. And you sometimes, and and the rules change all the time. You don't, the day, day to day, you don't know what her rules and boundaries are. So have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. God Come bless. Uh, also, I think I had heard that they now are trying to pivot that like Roni legacy into a Roni legacy girls trip. So originally rumor is that they were mm-hmm. going to be filming for a longer time for Roni legacy. And now that those deals fell apart, I think they're maybe hoping to do like a, a girls trip version of it where it's like film one week. But I don't know with, with the legacy gals, I don't know. I think we're just, it's, it's ruined now a little bit. Are they just being slowly like yeah. sent out to sea, like on a Viking burial ship, where they just like set it afire and drifted out to sea? Like, yeah, and I wish we could see the contract negotiations. Like that would be so interesting. That of like Luann just asking for Bethany money. Like, I need to see it. I would love to. Uh, that's the show. Mm-hmm. That's the show. I'd love Jill to see Zarin just, the just wanting fabric fabric placement. <laughs> In this show. Can you, if I could make a text exchange, like just, a, a, just the text exchanges between these women, between the producers, like between their lawyers, what is it between their managers, their agents? Like, I'd love to just get like a, like a murder board of like all those text exchanges, just put them up, draw mm-hmm. the lines. Like I could, I, you wouldn't see me for a year. I think that's the future of reality TV is to do a behind the scenes making of of a reality show like this. Like I, that's going to come one day. Bravo's going to do it one day of like, they're going to show us that process mm-hmm. of the producers of the, of the behind the scenes drama. And I can't wait for that day. I think we're yeah. still a long ways away, but 
I can't but it's good to know time. that good days are in front of us. Like the, the best is yet to go. <laughs> and if we've learned anything from Girls Trip, it's that like they are, they're evolving the mm-hmm. form and they're giving us things that we didn't necessarily know we needed or wanted or... or. And the women are evolving too in, in ways. Like it's like, and to get back to zombies, like zombies evolve, you know, like they start off one way, but if you you follow like, you know, nature learns lessons and it... And it moves and it changes and it grows just like zombies and just like these women. And I think that's beautiful. Should we move on to Potomac? Yeah, let's do it. Let's (laughs) Potomac. Okay. I would like to know what you think of the Robin of it all, the interview on Watch What Happens Live every, like really tell me your feelings. Well, Andy really grilled her after the finale aired. She was on Watch What Happens Live with Ebony from New York. And I felt like Andy really went hard on her, which I think he had to be. Mm -hmm. And- I think he should have been. And it was nice to watch because there were so many unanswered questions about this. And the thing that's most frustrating is the way that Giselle and Robin were so, um, we've seen them go after other people's marriages like Dr. Wendy and then this season with Chris Bassett. And then to be finding out that you're hiding this situation with your future husband I don't know. It's just all frustrating. So I don't know where we go from with Robin from here. Andy, I think, was obviously pissed, as he should have been. Well, also because she put it on Patreon. Like, that's where I that's think the, that yeah, that's, the, that's where it's like, okay, again, like, we're trying to make reality TV here. We're telling people that you guys are living out loud and living your lives. And like, so that's part of your contract. That's our contract with the people. And so he's already annoyed. But then... To the people who you, you're paying, like you're getting mm-hmm. paid to do this. Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I'm stating the facts. Yeah. You're pay, you know, they're paying you, Bravo is paying you to do this, to not do it. And then say like, I deserve my privacy. But then also here's, get it behind the paywall. Like that, it has so many <laughs> levels. When Andy said to her on Watch What Happens Live, he said, then you put it behind a paywall. The way that he delivered that line was just mm-hmm. like, he, was, he was saying so much. Yeah. And yeah, he did, you know, Andy gets a lot of shit sometimes for reunions when he doesn't uh, go hard enough on people or goes too hard on people. But I just thought he did a really good job of like being respectful, but also you could read between the lines and be like, oh, he's pissed. Yeah. Well, he also felt that the what the audience was feeling like he was like, you this is your audience. So they feel they again, for better or for worse, you have signed up for this thing where you have put your life on display and on, on, display, display, on, on display. display, on display. I hate us right now because we both that. thought that we did the minute. <laughs> We're the worst. We just talked about hating Melissa Gorga and now we're we singing her song. We hate ourselves. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank God um, that there's more of us than just me. Right. I do just have a glad. logistical question, though. Yeah, please tell me what's your thought. But logistically, so it was announced that there's a three-part reunion for Potomac. And at the end of the third part, there's going to be a sit-down with Robin. And I'm a little confused because I'm like, are they just re-airing that Watch What Happens Live? Because I felt like he grilled her a lot there. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the sit down? I felt like I don't, we're not going to get more from her. We're not going to, you know, this is a, like, he said what he was feeling, what I think a lot of the audience was feeling. She kind of made excuses. I also feel bad because on some level, again, she puts on TV, but I do feel bad for her because like Juan did it. Juan yeah. is the person that, again, 
I do not believe that it was just a hotel receipt. No, not at all. The whole story was so crazy. So convoluted. So bananas. Like when the truth is in front of us. Yeah. Why wouldn't he... She said something about he had to just go put his credit card down. It's like, well, why wouldn't he just call the hotel and pay over the phone? Like, why did he have to go to the... It's all Mm -hmm. very clearly a big old lie. And you're being a dummy if you believe that. But, you know, I know you love someone. Sometimes you believe things or or maybe she doesn't believe him, but she is outwardly. Yeah, But, but it is like, and didn't they break up the last time because he cheated? I mean, there was also like financial stuff too, but like... Yeah. I think that was like, he was like a cheater. So like, then to do it again is like, well, now you just, you you get what you get and you don't get upset is how I feel. Like, it's like, you know, fool me once, but. <laughs> and the infidelity clause that they were going to put in the prenup that they never ended up putting in the prenup was so crazy to me because he has done this a couple of times that you know of, and then you just decided to drop that clause from the contract, which is, I mean, I don't understand the, um, her and Ashley, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. That whole thing in the finale with Ashley and the uh, Demon Darby with, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was going to be on the house thing with her. It's like, I feel like we're watching it and and I'm watching it and being like, in two seasons, we've seen so much over Housewives to know that like in two seasons, we're going to see flashbacks of this footage yeah. of Ashley, flashback to footage of Robin on Watch What Happens Live. And they're going to be in the throes of the dissolutions of their relationships with these people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be flashing back to this footage that we just saw. Like, I just can see it already where we're going to see that footage of Robin saying to Andy, like, he just went there. I believe him. And he just went there. And I wish I could fast or I wish I could tell the women like, Be hey, the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We need that. to just say like, Ashley, you're making a dumbass decision with this. Or oh, Robin, what the fuck are you doing? Excuse my language. I keep swearing. Oh, I've literally said cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Can I ask a Spelled question? Spelled it and said it. <laughs> yes. Well, I had, to, I had to tell you what it meant. <laughs> I, you t- you tell me definition, spelled yeah, it. I was you, like, it was like a spelling bee. <laughs> I was like, see you next Tuesday. And you were like, what? And I was like, <laughs> you weren't talking. <laughs> you used it in a sentence. You spelled it. Yeah, de- definition. Had a de- yeah, it was a total spelling bee. Of It was a terrible spelling bee. I have a question. $13,000 a month. Ashley's mortgage. I'm very upset by that number. Danielle, it's a lot. That is a ginormous number. And look, I know she, he's paying for, what did she say? He's paying half of it at least. He's probably paying all of it, right? I, I Unclear. Yeah. yeah. Why else would he be? A, so I don't know. But I just, would you even want to live in a house like that? I'd be like, no. I don't want to live here knowing that he's paying this whole thing that he's my ex and he's, uh, yeah, you have a mortgage that big hanging yeah. on your fucking neck. Like, whew, that's a huge... But, it, but we've seen time and time again, uh, Ashley specifically seems to not really be great with finances. No, like, no, I don't know. And he seems like a piece of shit. So like the fact that, okay, they are getting a divorce. They are both on this mortgage. Their relationship is so tenuous. They have two very small children. It gives me an anxiety. And that, again, yeah. that mortgage, when she said 13000 Also, I don't think 13000 for that house, like, it's a no, no, beautiful, no, nice yeah. house. But I'm like, that's a huge fucking mortgage. And let me just fast forward to the future. What's going to happen when Ashley's bringing home Luke from Summer House <laughs> and Demon Darby sees him there, finds out he's at the house, uh, getting extracted and served from that tree out front. And he's going to say, I'm not paying this mortgage anymore. 
And then what? Like that, I don't know. There's just, I don't see it good in the future. I just don't see it good. It's not good. It just feels roof. And by the way, if we're going to keep him around, if he's going to be paying mortgages and stuff, I'm going to need to see him uh, like for a split second on camera. They had no footage of him this season. And I hate that man. And I don't want him to get paid for the show, but I would like to kind of touch down with him. Yeah. Am I wrong for that? No, we haven't touched down with him at all. Yeah. Like if he's going to be a presence. But he he looms over the show. He looms. A dark cloud overheard. $13,000 $13,000 a month house. Now, another cloud that we didn't even know was a cloud that turned out not to be a cloud, but a dermatological problem was Mia's lumps. Her rash. Her, Her rash. Yeah. <laughs> I never laughed harder. It was just... <laughs> to go from cancer to a rash was a, <laughs> was a shock. You know, it really felt like olden times to me. It reminded me so much of Kim Zolciak in the car at the Chili's when she found out she didn't have cancer and it was confusing. And so I just thought this is, Mia oftentimes feels like an old, a housewife of yore, like an early (laughs) version, (laughs) very like a Kim Zolciak figure. And what I love is that everyone's just accepted at this point that everything Mia says is a lie. And I like how easy breezy she is about it when somebody confronts her like Wendy did in the finale of like, you've been lying about this. She's like, yeah, ha, ha. And she, they all laugh about <laughs> they it. All laugh. They all laugh. <laughs> they all laugh. That was that moment made me laugh when she's like, oh, I did say that. I guess I did. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> it's so wild. Because also I think back of like the way they presented the footage to us. Because do you remember when we were on that cast trip? They kept showing like the waves crashing in the ocean. Yes. And like, and we're seeing a lot of the flowers blooming and stuff. So they make it so dramatic. Like we're watching the White Lotus or something. Yeah. And then... But then it all ends up to just be like me. I was like, yeah, I was lying. And it was like, but it was presented to us as this very juicy, like uh, there was an affair. I remember the one episode ended at the very end. It was like, and then Mia came up to me and said, I want to eat your box. And it was like such a dramatic uh, introduction yeah. to the storyline. And then the way it ends, it just sort of fizzles out where it's like, yeah, I was lying. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. It's so crazy. I love her though. I love Mia. Mia is wild. Like she's so weird and so funny and so much plastic surgery. And I'm like, just like nothing on her is real. I don't care. Like I'm happy. I like her like the Betty Boop, the kind of, you know, Jessica Rabbit of it all. Like her little sort of voice, like her, her side eye at people. Like she makes me laugh. Yeah, she makes me laugh too. I don't, I feel like I don't want to like her because of all the, lying and like obviously uh-huh. playing things up for the show but then it's like irresist she's irresistible she's to irresistible. me like, I don't want to and I feel like the cast thinks of her the same way the way that Wendy responded to her saying like yeah I lied about that Wendy was laughing too right and Wendy I think said if she would have just asked me I probably would have which I thought was yes. for Potomac especially where Potomac is so often focused on these women need husbands and and they use not having a husband as an insult so yes. the way that Wendy sort of was like yeah if she would have asked me I just, I thought that was, I appreciated that view of sexuality because sometimes on Potomac, it can get a little bit troublesome. So yeah. but the way she just, Wendy was easy breezy about it too. Um, I, it's like, so I don't know, as the audience is like, you can't help but just kind of giggle at it because it's well, so funny. I think there's also like, I know Wendy is controversial. Some people really don't like her and think she's, you I know, like her. kind of, yeah. I love her. And I think that there is more in there. Like she's funny. And when she says, 
those comments, like, if she just asked, I would, like, that made me laugh. I was like, there's more in Wendy. Like, we just need to, like, she's stressed. Everyone's on top of her. Like, I relate to her. And they ice her out. They yes, ice her they out. Do. I think Robin and Giselle have tried to ice her out. They didn't invite her to certain events. And and that never works in anyone's no. favor. If any housewives listening to this, like, do not try to ice someone out because the, it won't work out. And it'll come back on you and it'll fuck up the show. And then people will be like, oh, the show's not fun. And it's like your fault. Yeah. So like icing people out, not inviting people, like it's always, it's it's never good news. It rarely stirs, it rarely stirs up fun drama. Where do you think we go from here in Potomac? Like, do we think that the cast should be shaken a little bit or bring in new people or get rid of people? I love I, I kind of feel like all. we need a little shake. Really? I like a everyone little. so much. It's hard for me. You know, I get really... I like this cast. I like everyone. I don't want to see anyone go. I do believe that sometimes Robin and Giselle are toxic together, but I don't want to see either of them leave. I don't. Yeah. It's not like Lisa Rinna where I was like, I need a break from Rinna. P.S. She's still talking about the show. I read on someone's <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry to not quote people, but um, someone, people send me things all the time, which is that Lisa Rinna was like, like if, if someone asked her, like, if you had to do it all again, would you have done the same thing about like Kathy Hilton's all that stuff? And she's like, I'm a truth teller. I just tell the truth. I say what's in front of me. If you don't tell the truth, then it ends up like you're like Potomac. And I was like, oh, are you coming Let's from not compare. Potomac? No, we don't do that. Wow. We don't do that. Wow. Lisa Rinna. Wow. As if wow, Lisa Rinna, wow. No. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you can't like, Wow. Lisa, wow. Wow. In the words of Ramona Singer, wow. Bethany, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of, though, uh, demoting people for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this should happen more, in my opinion, of like, remember when they did that to Luann back in the day and she had a season where she was a friend of. Yeah. And I, I think friend ofs can still get in the mix a lot, but I think it it makes the cast members step it up a little bit and feel like they have to show a little more. And yeah. so... I think that with either Giselle or Robin, they should demote them to a friend of. I think it would make that dynamic more interesting of Giselle and Robin. They wouldn't be as much of a, I don't know, united front or whatever you want to call it or hiding thing. I do like what you're saying. I do like what you're saying. And Robin could still be around all. Robin could still be the main, we could still see the fallout from the end of the season with the Juan thing. Um, You know, Or or it might be interesting to demote Giselle and keep Robin full time. That's what I'm thinking. Because I will say this, Giselle does not give an inch. Giselle, even when shit is going on with her and Jamal and her and those other guys, like you don't see her sweat at all. And she doesn't give much. Where Robin is not that cool and collected, though Robin's sleepy, she's not cool and collected like Giselle. And she's, so I think it would be interesting if we put Giselle as friend of and kiss yeah. Robin because that makes that dynamic interesting as well. And you know, the thing is with friend ofs, the main difference as we've seen is that we don't see their personal lives, but we don't really see anything from Giselle's personal life. So I don't think her role would even change. That's what, except for her daughters who are lovely. We but love the daughters. Yes, I mean, they're the daughters. gorgeous and the daughters. But um, there was one thing that I wanted to just a quote from Potomac this week that just had me on the ground. Okay. When they, when Sharice was confronting Karen and when everyone was (laughs) confronting Karen about her affairs. And then she's like, I have to talk over here with Ray. Or or like, she made Ray hold her purse while she went to talk about her affairs, which poor Ray. But anyway, when she said, when they're like, you, why don't you respond to her? Like, talk to Sharice. Like, just talk to her. And she's like, I'm a mother. 
a member of the community, and the ambassador to Surrey. I don't have to respond. (laughs) (laughs) Ambassador of Surrey County. I love it. Ambassador to Surrey County. I do not have to respond. (laughs) I was worried that I was turning on Karen a couple episodes ago because she's Mm -hmm. always been my favorite. And I always thought I will never turn on her because she was the only housewife I felt that towards. Because everyone else, I think we go on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, for sure, Karen, I'm never changing. And then a couple episodes ago, I started to get nervous, Danielle. I was like losing sleep over it. I'm like, am I... Am I finally starting to turn on Karen? And she turned around by the end. And so, yeah, when she delivers lines like that, I'm like, oh, she's my favorite person of all time. I mean, like that was, and just, and then, so, you know, obviously I think something has gone on with Karen, but again, I don't know why I'm forgiving this and like not, but whatever. But I don't think Ray cares. Yeah, He seems to not give a shit. But so then she's dragging me. She's like, we have to go. And he's like, do we really have to go? (laughs) Poor Ray. Poor Ray. I mean, he really has been on a journey. But then don't you remember last, was it last season when he was like, I don't know if I love you anymore? Like that was so dark. Oh, yeah, that you was remember sad. that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, I Ray know. clearly does not want to be on television no. at all. And he, yet he's there despite the fact that he's uninterested. Despite his wants and needs. <laughs> that one, that one shot. Do you remember a few episodes ago when he was just staring out the window with his yeah. coffee and it was like the saddest <laughs> thing. And I was like, I can't believe this man is on this a hit television show and he like has no interest, you know? None. None. <laughs> just has found himself on a very uh, hit television show filming a scene alone in a bedroom, just drinking his coffee and staring out the window. Like he's <laughs> was probably thinking like, how the fuck did I get here? I did not want this. It felt like um, a scene from like the movie The Hours or something. Like it, it felt... <laughs> <laughs> so. Like Nicole Kidman. I mean, yeah, for sure. The same gravitas. Danny, can I ask you, I did not get to see Vanderpump this week because I, for some reason, did not get the early screener, whatever. This will air tomorrow. But can you just give me some top thoughts on Vanderpump so that our audiences know that, you know, that at least one of us got to do their job this week, not me? Well, look, I will tell you that the last couple of seasons of Vanderpump have been shit, right? We haven't liked them. They've been a mess, whatever. This season, I'm feeling rejuvenated. I'm feeling like we have something here. The cast members, a lot of them are single. Lala broke up with Randall. There's this whole scandal that's going on that we learn about in the premiere that's been playing out in the press in the LA Times with Randall. That's interesting. Then this Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz thing. Uh, we're seeing them and the fallout of that. We're seeing the fallout of Raquel and James. Like we we have natural storylines. So we're not just going to hopefully this season have these bits about Lisa Vanderpump hiding a bra in Tom Schwartz's suitcase or like that kind of <laughs> shit. I feel yeah. like we actually have soap opera E-level drama. So I, I'm hopeful. I, we'll have to wait and see how they go because... I've been hopeful in the past, Danielle. I mm-hmm. and I've been burned with especially Vanderpump rules. Mm-hmm. But I thought the premiere was like a very solid, wonderful premiere that sets up so many loose threads that feel grounded and realistic. And they also scaled back the cast a little bit. So I think Charlie sort of appears a little bit, and I think she's gonna be a little bit of a presence. But otherwise, it's like we have our core cast and we're not just trying to introduce new people or spend time with new people. So I'm feeling really good about it. The Schwartz and Katie stuff, I've always been on Katie Maloney's side and that hasn't always been popular because people hate if, you know how you do the show and you know how people reach out. They, certain people are hated, right? Like they'll yell at you. So you get messages like, I can't believe you like so-and-so. I don't love Katie, but I hate Schwartz. So that has been like, and I think she gets a lot of the blame 
like, I, I think it's actually, and I'm going to go there, guys. I think it's misogynistic that he, she, she is so hated when he is such a piece of shit and, like, does nothing. And she's at least motivated. And, like, tr- you know what I mean? So, like, I always felt, like, the hate against her was, like, very... Punishment didn't fit the crime. Yeah, yeah like, ge- it was very gendered and very... sort. Like, I always thought that a little bit. Well, and there was something... Even subconsciously, I think when you watch the show, oftentimes Katie seems like she's got like, a, she seems upset and angry. But I think if you take a step back, you could see, of course, she was upset and angry because the husband was not, uh, you know, listening to her, never taking her side. He dumped water on her. He cheated on her. Like, we've seen all these things that he's done. And she might not have always been the nicest person. I'm not saying Katie's some yeah. oh, perfect I'm not, angel. I, exactly. Like, she is you know, rough. But it was like, he he's always presented as like jovial and smiley and cutesy and everything like that. But, but he then, got to be. He got yeah. to be because she had to carry the weight of their relationship. Like, I always hate that when it's like, she's such a nag. She's so mm-hmm. mean to him. It's like, because she's angry because she he gets to be a little boy forever. Mm-hmm. And she has to like carry the load. And it's that's frustrating and it's exhausting. And nobody wants to be that. Like, it would, it made me crazy. Yeah, it was so hard to watch. And so she was always presented as this kind of tough, angry person. And I just think, I don't, I, I, no one was really looking at him and, and what he was doing. And so I think this is going to be all that's to say. I think this is also going to be a Katie kind of redemption season. Or, oh, I like that. And maybe that's wrong. But I, I hope people will see that I'm proud of her for being like, no, this wasn't working. I'm leaving. And it's we're we're still sort of they're piecing out information about what happened with the divorce. And I wish they were filming earlier so that we could yeah. have seen that because the divorce happened off camera. But uh, I think it was great of her to just be like, oh, this isn't working for me. And hopefully down the line, we'll get to see an easy breezy version of Katie instead of like the version that they've been presenting to us of her just being angry in a relationship with Tom. But it's like if I was in a relationship with Tom and he was doing all this shit, I would be angry all the time, too. Yes, she should have not been in the relationship, but it's like he, but here we he are. was maddening. He would yeah. be maddening. I do find him attractive, though. Oh, that's that. that. I mean, we can't argue. That's not you can't argue with that. Yeah, like, that's it's like handsome. Them's just facts. <laughs> that's why he gets away with the, with so much. But it looks good. And the James and the new girlfriend, the new girlfriend's like she just has a very young. She, she said something to Raquel in the premiere, and she said, "Oh, I'm." like living your life, or I, I might be misquoting that, but she's dating James now. Raquel's not with James. And she's like, oh, I'm da- I'm living your life. And she says that to Raquel. And Raquel just sort of takes it. But I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever fucking heard on television. Because <laughs> like, we're all the audience, we're watching this new young woman. And it's like, yeah, she is the new Raquel. She seems to have that young innocence. Because Raquel to me seems so young and dim that like, I can't imagine anyone younger or dimmer than Raquel. I know. And it's like Raquel's sort of like matured like an inch or a couple, you know, she matured a little bit. And then James got this new woman who just feels to me, at least in the premiere of like the version of Raquel that we first met. And so then for her to say to Raquel's face, uh, like, I'm replacing you or I have your life now. I was like, that's fine. And Raquel doesn't even really react to it. I think she sort of smiles. She's like, ah, yeah. But I'm like, that's crazy. Like, this is crazy. That's like having a housewife born in 1993 or whatever. <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what year that James's new girlfriend was born. Oh, she was born like in 20, 
2018. I can't even. Yeah. She was so like, I don't don't even know this person, but like if you're younger than Raquel, you were born two minutes ago. Cause I can't even. She has like a young, a young energy. And I'm excited. We got Sheena's wedding. I I, I feel good about this season. I think we got a lot of stuff. I we're in sort of this renaissance of Bravo because we got rid of, I think Salt Lake City was dragging us down. Mm -hmm. I think Beverly Hills was dragging us down. And so to be entering this, we're in the Jersey era. Miami is firing on all cylinders. We have Vanderpump. I love Miami. It's the best. It's so good. And I know we're running out of time today, but like, I love Miami. It's giving me so much. I like that, you know, Alexia and um, Dr. Nicole made up, like, you know, in their own way. Like I'm just Alexia. Wait, when she was when she that whole marriage licensing was so crazy too because she was just like, oh, I didn't scroll all the way to the bottom. That, with- to just <laughs> to not apologize, but like she's just like, I didn't scroll all the way to the bottom, and like you know what I mean. Like it's I was crazy. just like, how is that like? <laughs> just, and then she, yeah, they were Adriana was like mad at her, uh, and she's just like. Oh, well, I just didn't scroll all the way to the bottom. Like, no apology, nothing. Nothing. It's crazy. But then was like, but Nicole, you need to apologize for me because you have my friend. Like, I was just like, this is wild. But like, uh, I'm here for, like, I love it. I felt it. the rush. I felt the I rush. I love it. I you know, it. just because we talked about friend ofs earlier, I mm-hmm. think the way that Miami handles the friend ofs and... Of course, yeah. Marisol. Um, Marisol is a lead. Like Kiki's, Kiki's a perfect friend of. Uh, Brian Moylan and I were talking about this. Uh, that Kiki's a great friend of. She's mm-hmm. funny. She's got stuff to say. She reacts. She looks gorgeous. Like she's the perfect amount of friend of for me. Marisol, I can't believe is not a lead player because she is out. But there. I kind of, I kind of think they might be just doing something brilliant of, of keeping people on their toes because yeah. then they, I think Marisol really does stir the pot in a great way in probably many ways to keep her job on the show, right? Like to, yeah. because she knows she's a friend of, so she has to sort of step it up a little bit. So maybe they're doing the right, maybe they, they know more than us. And so it, it's making the cast step up in a way and, and, and also keeping the main cast on their toes. Cause they're, I'm sure at the reunion, the seating arrangements came out and like Gertie is farther away than some of the friend dubs on yeah. the couch, right? And so I'm sure that's making Gertie step into the reunion being like, oh shit, like I have to step it up, right? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I love Miami. I think it is Me such- the best. I mean, again, Peacock, ad. <laughs> Peacock, you should take ads from us. Um, You wanted to say, before we end oh, our yeah, joint yeah, yeah, episode, yes. you had something you wanted to say to me. Well, I just wanted to ask you real quick, quickly about Beverly Hills Chihuahua too, which you wrote. And I want to know the process of that. I want to know, like, did you have to watch the first one a bunch of times or, or like, tell me a little bit about the process. Cause I just watched it with my niece. So go ahead. So one of my first writing jobs, and I was so excited to have it and I'm still proud that I got it and all that stuff. Like it was, you know, it's to get a movie and Beverly Hills Chihuahua one had just come out and was huge. Like it was a big success, I think, as far as movies go. And it was really cute and it was sweet. And um, and we had a Disney executive that we had met with and liked with us, my writing partner Donna and I, and um, and she she was like, "Would you have any interest in writing Beverly Hills Chihuahua too?" And we were like, "Yes, yes, Sign yes. Me up. Sign me up. Whatever I have to do." They're like, "It's pr-, you know, like." And so we had we had to watch the first one, um, a lot because we had to contort. We had to continue Poppy's story. Sure. We also knew at some point, like, the original cast wasn't 
signing up for it. And then at some point it was going straight to video. Like there was a lot of stipulations that sort of happened into it. And we definitely had things that we had to hit. Like, you know, just things that they were like, we want this in the movie, we want this in the movie, we want this in the movie. And they had also had some footage from the, and the first movie they spent a lot of money on. And they weren't going to spend as much money on the second movie. Like you have $50. Yeah, like they were, like we knew that the budget wasn't as big, like in terms of CGI and like animal training and like like the budget was not the same because, um, so we had restrictions as to what the dogs could do. Um, and so, but I do remember like thinking like constantly, like I'd be at the dog park being like, what are these dogs thinking? Like what's going through their heads? Like I got to get in their heads. <laughs> like, I'm are... obsessed with that. And I I can't believe we never talked about it before. I almost texted you, but I was like, I don't want to, I want to save this for air because well, I feel like other people are interested. One little tidbit is that they had some leftover footage from the first movie. And so they wanted, and it was like, they spent a ton of money on the footage. And so they were like, find a place for it in the second movie. And we we're like, oh got God. it. That's, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> sounds eerily similar to The Lion King. There was a song that was left over from the first one that they ended up putting in the Broadway show. And then in the <laughs> direct to sequels. It's like pride, use so. every part of, you know, you got to use every part of the animal that you, that you kill. You know, it's like, you got to every, like the marrow, everything, like really use mm-hmm. that animal. And so... There was some leftover footage from the first that they were like, put it in. And we were like, okay, like this is a writer's challenge. Make it work. And so we made it a dream sequence, I believe, if if memory serves. Right. Okay. I love it. And and since I know we don't have much time, I also have to ask about Hot Wives. Can we just get a Hot Wives? uh, If people haven't watched it, it's this parody of Housewives that you uh, did for Hulu. Yes. And I just want to, I think now would be such a ripe time to come back because we been so far from when those seasons aired of like the the format has changed like we've kind of talked about I I just feel like there would be such an interesting show there Uh, is there any shot of that happening I would love it we had so much fun shooting both seasons with such a small budget like we and such a small amount of time like we shot seven full episodes in seven days like, it was crazy running gun. Like, again, all the footage we shot is on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not a leftover frame because we didn't have the money or time to, like, shoot anything extra to drop a scene. It's like, uh, well, we got to use it because there's mm-hmm. not enough to spill, which was crazy, right. but it was so fun. And we were lucky enough to get the most talented people who donated their time because we certainly didn't pay them a lot. Like there was no money to pay them. And it, but it was so fun. The second season, we had 11 days to shoot seven episodes in. So they gave us a That's little crazy. more budget. <laughs> 11 days for seven episodes, Danielle? Well, seven days for the first season. That's crazy. So they must have been so happy, though, because it was probably so cheap. And people they were. watched they it. Were. Yeah. They so were. So what happened? Why aren't we doing more? We didn't do a third season, I think, because we... I mean, we never, like, I don't know if it was just like Hulu's like, we're doing The Handmaid's Tale now. Like, we don't, like, we're trying to take ourselves <laughs> seriously. Like, we don't have time for this nonsense. I'm like, fuck The Handmaid's Tale. I want yeah, more Hot Wives. Exactly. So I don't know if it was like, oh, we're trying to like get into like a more serious game. Or I also, we were like, you have to pay us like a real TV show. Like, this is a real show. Like, Don and I wrote every episode. We didn't have a staff. Like, we didn't have a writing room. We had to write it so fast. I had a, Sydney was newborn at the, the, during the first season. Like, she was, like, literally a, a minute old. And so we didn't have time. We didn't have money. And so I think we were just demanding to be 
paid union wages yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. expensive. You know what I mean? So I think that they were like, maybe it wasn't worth it to us. I don't know. I never got like a true answer on why we weren't moving forward. I just knew that we weren't. Um, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with revisiting it. Like I would totally be up for it. And I know so much of the cast would and Donna would be. Um, so we would love to do it. It's up to Hulu or whoever. And I'm volunteer I'm volunteering my services if you need anything. Um, because I think this needs to happen. Oh my god, Danny, we would employ you immediately as a writer. Immediately. I just feel like it has to happen. It, there's so much so much ripe for parody and so much it would be so good. And I, we love that show. I, House Size fans, Thank like, you. it's so, so good. And so I I call on Hulu to, Thank to do this. Thank you. I would love, I mean, I would do it in a minute. And I know the cast and Paul Shear and John Stern, who were our amazing producers on it, would do it in a fucking, I believe they would do it in a What if we too. just did like a girl's, a, a oh, party of girls, girls trip. trip. So yes. it's like one or two, a special or something. Like that would be so fucking funny. From your mouth to Hulu's ears. Um, wait, speaking of though, not to, yeah. uh, I do have to say I'm going on tour. So people come see me, yes. um, get your tickets. I just have three dates in April. So I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado, Seattle, and Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh so I'll God. be in the land, the land of beauty, love, and lasers. So go to everythingiconic.com. At the top of the page, there's like a live show link that'll have all the links, but it's those three cities. And then later in the year, I'm hoping to get to, uh, we'll be doing some others, but for for right now, April, hopefully people will come and we'll be talking housewives and laughing and and it'll be a fun thing. So I'm just plugging. So that. much Sorry, fun, go! No, please plug it, and people should go. Are you kidding me? Such a great live show, and I just wanted to while we're here just thank. Uh, we have our bitch sesh deep dive pickleball tournament with. Uh, Casey and I and June Diane Raphael and Jessica St. Clair, and we cannot wait. And I just wanted to thank some of our sponsors. I want to thank Franklin Sports. They're our exclusive ball sponsor, Lake Pajamas, Earwolf, and OS First Socks. OS First Socks, thank you guys for being amazing, amazing sponsors. And we'll see some of you guys at the Bitch Sash Deep Dive pickleball tournament. How do people get weekend. tickets? That you can go to my Instagram page. It's in, you know, the link on my Instagram page. And it's this weekend. And link I think in bio. Still, yeah, link in bio. And I think um, there's still a few tickets left. But Danny, thank you. Oh, this was such a pleasure, Danielle. You know, I always love talking to you. And uh, we send our love to Casey and, and our congratulations. And, and I also just want to thank uh, my editor, Kate, uh, Moldenhauer and my producer, Amelia. <laughs> and and I want to thank them too, because they're editing the episode. So um, I don't have to edit. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone. And thank we you for you. this wonderful crossover episode. I love you, Danny Pellegrino. Bye, guys. Bye. 